Hello and welcome to Utter Bullshit, a very educational podcast covering a wide range of random topics, recorded for your convenience. Be advised, this series is intended for mature audiences, so you may hear words such as shit, fuck, and balderdash. Without further ado, it is my honor and privilege to introduce you to our esteemed panelists, Universal Experts Dr. Andrew and Dr. Becca. And welcome to another episode of Utter Bullshit. I am your esteemed host, Dr. Becca. And I am Dr. Andrew, your fellow esteemed host. I mean, you could call him that, but you don't have to. I I am a fellow, so I would appreciate it if people started (laughs) calling me a fellow. Like when I greeted someone on the street, I would prefer for them to say, greetings, fellow. And I would say, ah, greetings to you as well, fellow, fellow. If you were in Texas, it'd be feller. Oh, oh my God, yeah. Hey, feller, how's it going? <laughs> hey, feller. It's uh, going well yourself. How well, are you doing, fellow? Well, feller, uh, we're, uh, this is a show, uh, a podcast, if you will, that you are listening to right now through your eardrums. Yes. Um, good and, job on that, by the yeah, way. Yeah, good job uh, about finding it and listening to it at the same time. That's impressive. And being able to hear. That's incredible. That is really, like, deafest and rude. <laughs> I mean, yes, that is incredibly rude, and I apologize. But if you think about it, how incredible is it that we have mechanisms on the side of our head that translate, like, weird sound waves that they pick up into electrical impulses that get sent to our brain? That shit's wild. Moving on, this <laughs> podcast is about um, us regaling you with crazy topics and, and what they are. It's, it's just here to explain to you uh, through our brain knowledge that we collectively had together. We are have good smarts, and we share them with you through sound on internet. You know, uh, to read makes our English speaking good, and we're here to share the English speaking goodness. We are am have help you <laughs> for now <laughs> and for now ever. And ever. <laughs> Always. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually our new catchphrase. <laughs> that's that's actually the school motto here. I don't know if you knew that. <laughs> I don't know if you that knew is, that. Yeah, that's actually... But it's in Latin? <laughs> they didn't translate it very well. They put it through Google Translate and, you know, it just doesn't really hold up. It's not real Latin. It's not real Latin. But yeah, that is the university's motto uh, <laughs> when translated literally. Figuratively, it still doesn't hold up, so it's it's just a mess. Oh, it's so, such a mess, such a mess. Uh, but moving on, uh, we have our trusty and wonderful computer who will uh, generate topics for us. Yes. Um, and I think, without further ado, computer, we're ready for our first topic. The Volleyball Champions League. The Volleyball Champions League. Okay. Okay. This is a fascinating topic, and it does require a bit of a preface. Sure. So volleyball, for those who aren't aware, is a sport where you slap a ball over a net, and hopefully it falls on the ground on the other side of the net. Right, right. But the opposing team will also attempt to slap that ball back over to your side of the net. So it's a game of ball slapping. Uh, that requires a lot of people and a lot of balls. And those people are actually grown from the ground uh, for this specific purpose. (laughs) Yeah. These people are plucked from the earth, small little golems designed just specifically for playing volleyball. And if these golems perform very well, they can look forward to an eternal afterlife in a Valhalla-like dimension known as the Volleyball Champions League. (laughs) 
normally the VCL, if you will. Yes, the, v- <laughs> the VCL is an important part of volleyball golem culture yes. because normally when these golems die, they have nothing to look forward to. It's an eternity of nothingness. You know, these golems are very, very strong as well. You have to be very strong to play volleyball, mm-hmm. and you know, not have the ball just crack through your arms yeah. as you're playing. Well, it's difficult because the ball itself is made out of solid platinum. Yes, uh, that ball is a solid metal. It, it, it was not designed for humans to hit it. Not it at was all. designed for these stone golems to just batter the ball back and forth and that's what makes the game so interesting to watch because these golems not only are like you know testing out their skill trying to smack this ball as quickly and as hard as possible but they're all wearing bikinis as well yes uh because uh, you know most people when they think of volleyball you know they're thinking like inside on a court but actually beach volleyball is where it originated. Are you sure? That, that sounds absurd. No, no, Volleyball this, this is true. Volleyball on a beach on the coast of like an ocean? This That's is true. Um, strange to me. It is incredibly hard to grow golems out of sand, is all I'm saying. <laughs> so, have, have you, you ever tried? Have you ever tried? It's impossible. <laughs> I have. It just doesn't work. <laughs> it's hard. I have. You got to use long grain sand. Oh my gosh. The right kind of sand to plant these golems it it is is extremely difficult to find. No, I I understand some volleyball coaches have had luck with like black sand, like volcanic ash yeah. kind of sand. It's very fertile and it's easier to grow them pretty much anywhere that you would find yourself uh uh one of those little mandrake plants is mm. a good place to try and grow a golem. That's true. Any place that's actually extremely dangerous for you to be in is the best place to grow a golem. Yes. They need to grow up strong and they need to start in a strong strong fertile ground and and you got to find some like dangerous places like inside an active volcano Definitely. is super dangerous inside the active vol- not around the active volcano not in the village down south from the Mm-mm. active vo- that's inside. not gonna do it the yeah. the middle of a hurricane by which i don't mean the eye i mean oh, the no. middle of the side of a hurricane it is much too peaceful in that eye of that hurricane to mm-hmm. grow a golem much too peaceful now a very dangerous place that a lot of people have had a great deal of luck uh, growing volleyball golems is actually the inside of a police station oh yeah that's a great place yeah. there's a lot of corruption in there there's a lot of corruption and danger uh, yeah. and honestly it's a, a prime place to grow a volleyball golem now when you when you grow one from within a police station uh first of all uh you you've got to find the right spot um otherwise the cops are going to find it right not not just with the cops you know but also like you have to like dig through the ridiculous amounts of tile and Mm -hmm. linoleum they've got on the floor there oh yeah and and even just kind of the wooden rafters holding the building up that's not gonna do i mean you need solid soil solid soil and it is important to point out that volleyball is 100 percent illegal i mean this is not a sanctioned activity Uh, (laughs) not at all yeah if they find that volleyball golem you are going to jail and they're probably going to take your hand for this crime as well oh definitely take your hands even in america where we don't normally dole out that crime hand Uh, out that crime (laughs) hey hands off if you commit a crime we're gonna chop your hand off that's That's normally not how how we roll in america but volleyball is one of those few crimes that obama has said it's okay to chop people's hands off we've just never overturned the old law like you know how some some towns in america have kooky older laws and we say old because america is only you know a couple hundred years old yeah, and the rest of the world what, like is much older. Years? Yeah. <laughs> like, we, so we old West is like... a very young baby nation. Yeah. Old and West is like three generations of people. <laughs> but like... Wow, that's mind-blowing. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, so we just have this really old legislator 
like legislative law that came from the founding fathers. Yeah. Uh, because Benjamin they had Franklin. They had Benjamin Franklin was the founder of volleyball. Yes. I don't know if you knew this. He was the rule breaker, the rule maker of volleyball. Mm-hmm. And oddly enough, uh, much like Arthur Conan Doyle, he hated his creation. Oh, he hated. He it came to loathe volleyball because yeah. volleyball for him was a way of picking up you know, willing sexual partners and having them play this game with him. And then it would normally, the physical exertion and just the sheer amount of skin shown would then inevitably lead to sexual intercourse. Unfortunately, there were too many like niche rules added. Like the net originally wasn't a part of volleyball. Mm, You would just throw the ball at someone else Mm. and they would be your intended lover. Also, Uh, he was giving all the volleyball players gout and syphilis. So that had to stop. Yeah. Uh, actually, STDs, uh, sexually transmitted uh, diseases, were a huge problem. It's tr- it, all because of Benjamin Franklin. Um, <laughs> but also, you know, he started it, and eventually the, the game evolved. It, it got out of his hands so much. Other people picked it up. Other people were growing their own golems. They were creating teams without his consent and his, you know, just him being there in general. And his input. And his input. And he greatly disliked that. Uh, you know, he was mad when the founding, when the other founding fathers didn't want the turkey to be the bird of America. And he was mad when people stole the sport of volleyball from him. And uh, I, I think the final straw for him was when people uh, uh, kept saying that the, the glass harmonica, the musical instrument that he invented, when people said that that invoked madness, uh, he was like, that's it. I'm withdrawing from society wholesale. <laughs> he dug himself a gigantic hole, and that is where he remained for the the rest of his life. That's it. And he's actually still there, as far as we know, yeah. to this day. He actually did discover the secret to immortality. He's not telling anyone because he <laughs> refuses to associate with humans any longer. to get out of the holes <laughs> and he's just hanging out with his golems down there yeah, yeah. Um, his volleyball golems <laughs> and i feel like we've been talking a lot about volleyball and the associated mm. golems but we haven't been mentioning much about the volleyball champions sure, league about the valhalla yeah, yeah. <laughs> volleyball hala so volleyball hala the volleyball champions league or the vcl <laughs> Is where uh, successful volleyball golems go after their volleyball careers end uh, and they are dead. Uh, if Unless they were... they're in the hole with Benjamin Franklin. Yes. Uh, <laughs> they might be in the hole chilling with Benjamin Franklin for all eternity. Uh, but those are only only the, the golems handpicked by Benjamin Franklin. All other volleyball golems enter a void of nothingness uh, for the rest of their existence, which is forever. So unfortunately, they're going to be spending eternity in the void. But the good volleyball golems yes. go to Volleyball Hala. And mm. Volleyball Hala is like volleyball heaven, essentially. Like, yeah, there's a lot of volleyball games going on. The clouds are made of volleyballs. The clouds are literally made of that fabric from volleyballs. Yes, the fabric that covers the platinum <laughs> sphere. The platinum <laughs> sphere. <laughs> they're um, incredibly expensive. Yeah, they're very expensive. Um, there's like the, a big town hall that like is actually, it's just like one long table where they play volleyball like over and over it. Like It's constantly. the volleyball holla hall. The volleyball holla hall. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the volleyball holla hall. Would you like some volleyball today? And they're like, would I? Would you? (laughs) Not personally. (laughs) But these golems, they sure would. Wait, how did you get to volleyball? (laughs) (laughs) Only volleyball golems are allowed here. And Benjamin Franklin, the creator, if he so chooses. Okay, well, I had... But he decided to never die. I had a special pass because at one point in my life, I was actually an investigative journalist. No. Um, I was undercover to see if Benjamin Franklin was treating his golems fairly. <laughs> and 
And what if like paying that, them adequate wages, and paying them adequate wages, and treating them completely fairly, and not that, smacking them, right? That all of the men and women golems were getting the same pay, and the non-binary golems, and the non-binary golems, they're all getting paid the same. All this stuff. Um, it was big expose, a Ooh. really big one. So was he actually smacking them? Uh, you know, I'm not allowed to say. Uh, oh, uh, you're you signed an NDA. <laughs> I signed an NDA. You're gonna have to read the expose, Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> I signed an NDA. <laughs> Gotta read that expose. <laughs> yeah, I, I I believe that several songs were written about this. <laughs> by bards by bards i'm very excited to hear about whether or not benjamin franklin was smacking his golems uh lin-manuel miranda actually wrote a song about it and he had to cut it it had a it had a fall onto the cutting room floor just because it didn't fit in with the rest of the hamilton soundtrack that's unfortunate unfortunately yeah because uh, originally uh, benjamin franklin was going to have a sizable like lump of time devoted to him in hamilton he was actually was it was originally called hamilton and his best friend benjamin franklin inventor of volleyball <laughs> it was hamilton and ben <laughs> and then the subtitle was our nation's treasures <laughs> and the invention of volleyball <laughs> and vo- our nation's treasurer of treasures and volleyball <laughs> our nation's treasured treasurer treasured treasurer and volleyball <laughs> Now, not many people know this, but originally the treasurer in America was just a person that was sent to go look for treasure. Yeah, yeah. That's why Hamilton was so damn good at it. Because he had to fight pirates <laughs> and, like, steal their booty. <laughs> he was good at collecting that booty. That, uh, for for time restraint purposes, that also needed to be cut from the, the musical. Oh, yeah. it was. It's unfortunate that you could not hear the whole story. Originally, Lin-Manuel's vision was to actually flood the uh, place where the, the musical was taking place so that the they theater. could sail a boat through the theater. <laughs> And they would just hand out water wings at the start of the... Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But they wouldn't tell anyone about it. You would just have these water wings and they would just say, you'll know when to use these. <laughs> it's like when people went and saw The Cursed Child and they were sworn to secrecy about the plot of The Cursed Child. Yeah. And they were also yeah. handed water wings. And they were also handed water wings and no one knew why. Now you know why. <laughs> Unfortunately, that had to be cut. Not for time restraints or budget restraints, but because during tests, like <laughs> test performances of Hamilton, uh, several people died in the theater because they did not know when to put the water wings on. If you're ever in the theater, you can look for very, very small plaques that uh, that have their names on them. Incredibly small. <laughs> like they almost don't fit the whole person's name that small. They're about the size of like an electrical outlet <laughs> and in about the same shape. You should definitely stick your finger in the electrical outlets if to you, try to figure out if that's the plaque <laughs> but wait until it's time to put the water wings on <laughs> yes also bring some sort of metal to poke in there as well yes platinum if you uh can <laughs> if you can get that yes but i think we have pretty much covered the volleyball champions league i agree yeah yeah so volleyball holla uh mm. hopefully you never go there uh or if you are a volleyball golem then we wish you the best of luck oh yes yeah uh, best in lo- of luck of all your volleyball endeavors and i hope that you We'll make it someday to Volleyball Holla Hall. Yes. Shout out to all of our Golem listeners. You guys rock. <laughs> Thank you. Rock. See what I did there? Computer, new topic, please. Hangovers. Oh, hangovers. Okay. Oh, excellent. We have a lot of hands-on experience with this topic. <laughs> a lot of hands-on experience. Holy wowzers. A lot of head-on experience. Uh, yeah, a lot of head-on applied <sighs> directly to the forehead kind of experience. Yeah. And speaking of foreheads, 
Um, I don't know where we want to start. Like, what causes hangovers? The symptoms of hangovers? There's a lot of places we could just jump into this topic. Sure. Uh, demon pixies cause hangovers. Obviously, uh, yes. When you drink heavily, um, what happens is the alcohol stays in your system and it it summons demon pixies. It allows those demon pit pixies entrance into your sacred body. Yes. Because usually your body is protected by, you know, the light of Christ, which is falls on us daily and remains with us during the night. <laughs> However, when alcohol is introduced into your system, Jesus leaves because he doesn't like that stuff. He is insulted, actually. Because it reminds him of his blood. That stuff's wine. Well, it reminds him of when he used to indulge and let people drink yeah. his blood, which was wine. Every once in a while, he would have himself a little sippy sip of his own bodily fluids, right. uh, which were, were alcohol, and he would give it to his best buds, and right. they would get fucking trashed. And you remember his first miracle, right? Where his mom insisted he turn all the water at the wedding into wine? Yeah, and he was like, Mom... I'm embarrassed. Come on. Why are you making me do <laughs> this? She was like, God damn it, Jesus. I told Karen that you could do this. Are you going to do it or not? You will not embarrass me here in front of my friends. Mom, mom, I don't want to do it. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Jesus H. Christ. You will not embarrass me in front of my friends right now. Okay, fine. Jeez. And then he made like wiggly magic fingers and it all turned into wine. And everybody was like, damn, Jesus, you're the best. And he's like, I'm ashamed. I don't know if you knew, but he went off on a lucrative career career of just like changing water into wine people would stop oh, yeah. buying wine in bulk for weddings because jesus would come by they'd pay him a, sm a smaller fee yeah. than they would to buy the wine and then he would turn all the water into the wine absolutely because yeah. i mean they could just cut out the middleman didn't need to grow grapes didn't need to like age the wine or anything it's there i mean granted it's not going to taste as good as like a wine that's been aged for like five ten years but sure i mean it's it's a solid box wine you know and those are just as good yeah. Just as good. Now, when Christ died, was resurrected, and then left us. Forever. Forever. Um, he, uh, he, was, he was like, I'm over this shit. I can't, I'm not doing it anymore. You Those guys, were his if, words exactly. I'm over this shit. Now, if you guys want to drink, which you are totally, totally welcome to, I am going to invite Demon Pixies into your body to give you hangovers. See, it's really telling about, you know, kind of the place he was in his life when he made this decree because, I mean, he, he was trying not to look down on people's decisions. He's like, look, if you want to drink, that's fine. But I'm not going to look down on you, but demons are going to enter your body and make your life a living hell. But there's consequences. Because I okay? said so. Because I said there would be consequences. So there are consequences. Now, remember, Jesus was only 33 when he died. I, I yeah. mean, personally, I don't think he was mature enough to make this decision, but, you know. Honestly, yeah. I mean, 33, that's what? Well, 33 for a male is basically like 21. Basically, yeah. Yeah. I think we should raise, raise the drinking age to 33. <laughs> You cannot drink until you're 33. I would disagree with that, but <laughs> but so anyway, so what happens is uh, now that we've explained where the demon pixies come from, from Jesus, um, from from Jesus, our Lord and Savior, Jesus. Um, so <laughs> whenever you drink, if you do not adequately drink water right after you've gotten drunk which let's face it you're drunk you're not gonna remember to drink you're not water. gonna do it what you're gonna want is to drink more to drink more and then pass out but yeah. what if you do not drinking the water will drown the pixies in your body yes because they've already started come in as soon as you start drinking they're like oh dude that guy's drinking and they can't they can't breathe in that water no they can't they can breathe in alcohol but not water yeah so introducing the alcohol into your system invites the pixies because they can breathe in that stuff so they swim through the alcohol into your heart and your brain 
And they start uh, doing their devilish things. Yes, they have little tiny hammers mm-hmm. and they hit them against what is actually the back of your forehead. Yes. And uh, so whenever you wake up in the morning, your head is literally pounding because they are pounding on it. They're all up in there with their tiny little mallets and they are going to town on your brain. Yeah. On your head noggin. Your head noggin. Yeah. Yeah. And the rest of your body probably feels sore too because your whole body, all of your beneficial bacteria are trying to fight these demons, but they can't do it because... (laughs) Jesus has left you. Right. Now, the good news is Jesus does come back. Eventually, once the alcohol is gone. Once the alcohol is gone. Once the alcohol is made through your system, the demons have no reason to stay. They have nothing else to eat or drink uh, to thrive on. And so uh, you basically uh, go back to normal. Jesus comes back. He's like, it's okay. I forgive you. It's all right. And after Um, this epic battle, there are many dead fairy bodies still left inside you. Still left inside you, yeah. And there is an important step at the very end of the hangover that you need to take to flush those bodies out. You need to take what is known as the hangover poop. You need to go onto the toilet, (laughs) remove your pants first. That is so, so important. Because you don't have your poo pants on. And if you if you don't have your poo pants on, you need you need to take the pants off before you sit on the toilet. So. Yeah. If you do have your patented poo pants, uh, then it is perfectly okay to leave the pants on. That's your yeah, call whether you, you want to take them on. You don't even have to go to the toilet if you don't But want if you're to. wearing like a sensible pair of khakis or perhaps some corduroys, then you need to remove those. Otherwise, you are going to get the poop inside your pants. And no one really wants that. No, absolutely not. Your whole day's ruined now trying to scrub exactly. and sanitize your pants. This is so important. I'm so glad you brought this yeah. up. Most people don't even remember this. Honestly, this is the most important step of getting over a hangover is the hangover poop. Hangover poop. So once your pants are removed and you are positioned safely over the toilet... <laughs> You may then proceed to do your business. And at this point, the body will take over. (laughs) It knows what it's doing, folks. (laughs) Your body knows what it needs to do. And by God, it'll do it. And then once that's done, you are safe to put the pants back on. And it's time to clean up that mess. Now, I bet when you turned tuned into this podcast that you were not expecting such an eloquent and lengthy poo joke. Well, you got it. Well, there it is. <laughs> there it is. I want you to know that we take our jobs very seriously as educators yes. and that this is an important part of our jobs. Listen, poo is very important. Poo is difficult. It's difficult. I need you guys to not ever stop talking about it. Yeah. The reason that we are so afraid to talk about our poos is because we have been brought up to be afraid to talk about poop. There is a deep shame in talking about poop <laughs> that we need to get over because a lot of people don't understand how to poop when to poop, the importance of pooping, not just in the privacy of your own home, but publicly as well. And on other people's homes as well. Absolutely. Pooping in other people's homes is essential for the formation of the bonds of friendship. It is. And if you cannot talk about poop with your friends, are you really friends? No. No, you're not. No, you're not. You're not. Absolutely not. I would go that far. This PSA was brought to you by the Poo Association of America. Thank you. The PAA. The PAA. (laughs) Pa. (laughs) The pa. Thank you, pa. (laughs) Take a paw while you poo. (laughs) Would you like a paw pamphlet? Shows you how to poo. You should get a paw pamphlet, really. Seriously, give them to your friends, your family. (laughs) Teach them correct and safe pooping methods. Because there is an unsafe way to do it. And remember to take your hangover poo as soon as your hangover is over. (laughs) Once it's done. Once your hangover is over. You have to expel the last of those demons. (laughs) You gotta get them out of you. Otherwise, 
you become a demon. <laughs> oh, did we not mention that part? Whoopsie. <laughs> That's real important. I'm so sorry. Um, yes, if you don't take your hangover poo, you yourself become a demon. Yeah, so that hangover poo is absolutely essential. I cannot emphasize enough how important it is that you expel that poo from your poo region. Or whatever part of your body expels poo. I'm not I judging. Mean, yeah, I'm not going to judge. If you want to poo out your mouth, go for it. I mean, you do what you do, man. You do, you do. do you do, you. Yeah. Poo. You do poo, you poo. <laughs> you do poo, you poo. That's actually the slogan for the Poo Association of America. <laughs> no, that's the name of our band. <laughs> <laughs> you do poo, do you. <laughs> Now, what kind of music does you do you do? It's poo? mostly farts, Andrew. <laughs> Is this just the name of your fart chorus? <laughs> no, we, we all wear poo pants. <laughs> Which is important if you're a member of a fart chorus. You need to wear those poo pants. We fart a lot, and but we try we're farting with the intention to poo. We're not just farting. <laughs> <laughs> you're <laughs> like you know you know sometimes you gotta poo but your body like farts for an hour before you actually poo yeah for sure we've all been there yeah it's a natural place if albeit an uncomfortable place to be sure uh so basically we load up on the gaseous foods we can yeah. find the most gaseous foods ever and Beans, then and then we spinach cabbage yeah yeah and then and then we uh we go on stage and we fart as one uh and then at the end of the night we poo together on stage <laughs> that is wild that's an incredible show it attracts a certain type of crowd i'm not gonna lie, <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. now does the crowd sometimes poo with you sometimes <laughs> that's beautiful that's, that's beautiful. so nice it's so nice it's what it's a beautiful like, bonding experience i'm so glad that people yes. can just come together and come together and defecate together and we we do a great cover of come together by the oh. beatles <laughs> I would love <laughs> Come to together hear that. right <laughs> now as we poo and then we poo. And then we <laughs> that's the whole song. <laughs> yeah, the sound that you would hear from the guitar like that is actually just people dropping poo on the floor. Oh my gosh, that's so it's almost like a, a stomp kind of performance, but with mm. like poop and different like like you getting your hands it's true. all up. It's in like there. the Blue Man group. You know, I'm poo. really impressed. That's super creative. Thanks. We only do this once a month. <laughs> <laughs> For obvious reasons. Every month you have to find a new venue because you get fucking trash it. <laughs> yeah. We trash it. This place gets real shitty real fast. Also, it smells really bad by the time we're done. <laughs> well, I think we've pretty much covered hangovers. <laughs> Just a bit. <laughs> Just a bit. I don't know. I think there was a movie about hangovers, but it <laughs> frankly wasn't very good. I don't remember that. Had some real bad actors. Huh. Nasty, nasty dudes. Yeah, it must not have been that important. Moving on. Computer. Yes. Our last topic, if you will. Boot it up. The origin of the tuba. The origin of the tuba. Or tube origins. Tube origins. Tube origins. Gather around, children. Let us tell you a tale of how the tuba was originated. Now, the tuba was created in Saudi Arabia. Yes. In the middle of the desert. Yes. What happened was there was some copper, yeah? Yeah. In the middle of the desert. 1559. Yes. Yeah. 1559 uh, BC. BC. 
Oh, sorry. Oh, yeah, you're right now. These yeah. are ancient, ancient times. Uh, so in the middle of the desert, there was a big old lump of copper, like gigantic, a huge copper deposit just sticking up in the middle of the desert. And there was a zinc deposit right there, too. And the zinc deposit was all like, hey, copper deposit, I love you. And copper deposit was like, I love you, too. Zinc oh, deposit. well, I think you left out the most important part of the story. Copper deposit was a little creeped out by zinc deposit. At first, yeah. Because like who comes up to not reciprocating anyone it. and just says like, hey, copper deposit, I love you. Yeah. Like when you just met. And copper deposit was like, yo, hey, zinc deposit. I mean, not to harsh your vibe, uh, but I just I, don't know you. I don't really know you that well. I mean, I'm willing to get to know you. Yeah. We clearly have some chemistry here, but you're taking it a little too fast. Let's take it slow. Definitely chemistry. So the copper there. and the zinc deposit went on a couple of dates uh first date they went out to like brunch they got a nice brunch together and for the rest of the day they're like talking to their friends like oh my gosh i met this nice guy i met this lump of ore in the middle of the desert would you believe it in the middle of the desert second date they go to uh motherfucking like uh what's that place where you go and you play the video games and you get the stuff Dave and Buster. Yeah, they go to Dave and Buster's. <laughs> or main event or some sort of arcade Something type like place. that. They went to something like that. It probably wasn't a Dave and Buster's. I'm not sure they had them back then, but it was definitely an arcade like that where they, they had a couple of drinks. And uh, Zinc takes Copper like up into her apartment, you know, like for a cup yeah. of coffee. And yeah. they, they hang out a little bit and they end up making a baby. Oh, okay. Yes. This now, is... I want you to know that the relationship does like, <clears throat> you know, end up okay like they're they they end up getting married but th this was second date sex they end up getting married they they have several hundred thousand babies yeah uh and but the babies they have are bronze they're bronze um now you know the, i don't want to put it down on your story here they do fall apart at some point they they hit a rut in their marriage they have so many bronze babies that they mm -hmm. just don't know what to do with them and they're actually about to get divorced yeah. when someone comes along with a plan oh here it comes <laughs> someone approaches them i don't want to say his name not yet not we're not yet. ready yet we're not ready yet someone approaches them and is like i know how to make this marriage work you have to use the bronze we have to use it. And they're like, but there are children. They're like, no, 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 we're not killing them. Yeah, they're going to be fine. They're going to be fine. But we have a plan for your children. Mm -hmm. We can make them greater than the sum of their parts. <laughs> we can make your babies into something magnificent. Magnificent. And thus the tuba was born. Yes. The, all of those bronze babies, the first little bronze lumplings, were formed together into the shape of this most excellent instrument. A glorious, gigantic tuba with the great big bell at the top. And then it swirls up around a whole bunch in a bunch of weird directions. Yeah. And then you've got some keys that you press. <laughs> and it makes great noise. <laughs> it makes the best noises. The tuba was the first bass instrument because human voices couldn't go that low back in the day. No, not at all. Mm -mm. So the tuba is there out in the middle of the desert just waiting for someone to find it. And then... Our our boy, our boy, James Alfred Tuba the Third. Oh yeah, I hadn't been named a tuba yet. <laughs> yeah, it was still. It, this was still. still like the combination of many baby bronze lumplings. Yes. And he finds it, and he's like, "The fuck are you?" And it's like, "I don't know." And he's like, "I shall call you my name. You are a tuba." Because <laughs> what happened? This this person that came to the the zinc. And uh, the coffer and uh, proposed this idea. He he began to create the tuba, what we now know as the tuba, 
Um, but just, just uh, he abandoned the project midway. Like yeah. he got he mostly could not there. see it all the way through. He could see all the way through. He uh, he had the vision. He had yes. the drive. But then he just couldn't follow through because he hit a weird point in his life. You know, like he just he wasn't feeling it anymore. And all that excitement he had, it just wasn't there anymore. Yeah. So he played a bunch of Nier Automata and then he took a nap for like two weeks. Yeah. And what was that guy's name again? Th- that was me. <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> no, that was definitely Benjamin Franklin. It was definitely an ancestor of Andrews, though. <laughs> I think I might be distantly related to Benjamin Franklin, but I think most Americans are. I think he had a lot of sex. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> he definitely got around and he definitely met the copper and zinc lumps. Definitely. He he definitely would have been there in 1559. In Saudi Arabia. <laughs> oh, it would have been a little later than that. It might have been the early 1600s by that point. Oh, yeah. At um, that point, that's when he ran into it. Point. Anyway, our man, the tuba man, um, yeah. he comes around. He's uh, He's been exploring uh, the desert for James fun. Alfred Tuba the Third. James Alfred Tuba the Third. He is not the first nor the second. He is the third to have this the name third in his tuba family. and not the last. <laughs> not the last tuba, not at all. Uh, he comes across these uh, this this poorly made what we call the tuba now, um, and uh, and he decides to do something about that. So he took that tuba and he brought it to his workshop and he fixed it up. He did. He gave it some nice. some elbow grease. He gave it a spit shine. His own grease from his own elbow. Yeah. His yeah. own elbow grease. And the, the tube at the time was all like, what are you doing, man? And he's like, shh, shh, this is fine. We got this. <laughs> trust me. Trust me. And then he did that thing where he like spits on it and like wipes it down. And they were like, ew, gross. And he's like, no, no, I will make you beautiful. And so then he made the tuba beautiful. And the tuba was like, damn, I'm beautiful. It's true. They, it really had a good sense of self, self-worth self at that yeah, point. After that. Um, I mean, before that, it was just kind of like, look, I'm a lump that lives in the desert. Yeah, my parents sold me out to this one guy who didn't even finish the job. Mm-hmm. So went off and, you know, found an America and shit. I used to be multitudes. And now, <laughs> now I'm, I'm just one. one big thing. Just one big One thing. big nasty thing. And he's like, when I'm through with you, you're going to have a little tube that people will blow through to create music. Except James Alfred Tuba III had a hard time getting people to believe him when he started selling the tuba around town. Yeah. He because was in Vienna at this point. He's yes. made it all the way out to Vienna. It has been thousands of years. It's been thousands of years. It is literally, we are like up to about 1798. He was a vampire. <laughs> There's a lot of vampires. Did <laughs> I not mention the vampires? <laughs> no. Well, James Al- Alfred uh, James Alfred Tuba the Third was definitely a vampire because yeah. he existed for thousands of years perfecting his tuba, or maybe and it did take just, thousands of years. Maybe that was just a thing that the Tuba family, the Tuba clan, uh, had that they could do. Maybe they just weren't vampires. The Tuba clan is a very famous <laughs> clan of vampires that are actually famous because of the invention of the tuba. Yes, uh, it's just it's just funny. They just named it after themselves. Like, I mean, what else are you gonna name it after? Back in ye olden times, people named stuff after them all the time. So 1798, we're back in Vienna. Yeah. And uh, and James Alfred Tuba III is yes. toting this tuba around with him. He's named it after himself, which a lot of people found a little ridiculous, but they're like, okay, mm-hmm. whatever. And he is playing it on street corners, trying to get people to entice them into his music. And a big part of part how he tried to entice people was, especially more overweight people, he would follow them while playing his instrument. Yes. And it eventually became uh, sort of associated with larger people and bigger animals. Yeah. And uh, eventually, 
Um, people started liking it and picking it up. They thought yeah. it'd be great for orchestral work, which, you know, it is. Um, but the real claim to fame for the tuba, I think, uh, is, uh, you know, comedy work. Oh, uh, yeah. Within films, uh, within, uh, you know, just like pratfalls on stage, mm-hmm. uh, that sort of thing. And and making weird farting noises as oh, well. Oh, definitely. Yeah, tubas are really great at doing that. And, I mean, there are some iconic tuba riffs out there, especially whenever someone fails. It's usually <laughs> either a trombone, uh, which is kind of a bastard tuba. Wah, wah, wah. Yeah. Or the tuba itself. Boom, 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 boom. Boom. <laughs> boom. <laughs> yeah. I think we all owe a lot to the origin of the tuba. Yeah. Honestly. Honestly, we should revere the tuba a little bit more than we do because it's a miracle that this instrument even exists at all. If it weren't for two lumps in the desert, Benjamin Franklin and a vampire, (laughs) the tuba wouldn't even exist. We probably wouldn't even know how Browns was made if it wasn't for Benjamin Franklin. I'm so glad we could have y'all gather around to tell the tale of the tuba. Yeah. And it's... It's great that without us asking you to, you went into like a sort of a... Like a semicircle. Like yeah, right like a here. semicircle, like yeah. Indian style. We're all sitting around. We're having a nice powwow. We and even, like, that's... I'm not going to comment on that. But yeah, no, there, <laughs> we even... Someone built a fire like in the middle of the circle here. Yeah, like, it's really nice. Nice. Yeah, I can't believe it. Well, thank you all so <laughs> much for joining us for yeah. such a wonderful little just fireside chat. And if, if you're here with us in the room right now, which, uh, yeah, you which, are. Yeah, several of uh, us are. Several of you are. Uh, we're going to tell ghost stories after the podcast ends. Yeah, so, so stick around. Stick we're we're going to make some s'mores. We're going to have a good time. It's going to yeah. be great. If yeah. you're listening right now and you're not in the room, unfortunately, you have not been chosen. <laughs> you know, you should find a way to be chosen and make it next time. Yeah. So I mean, just try harder you know try harder it's fine you know we believe in you just a little extra effort you know yeah uh if you have a topic for us to talk about uh next time you can find us several different places around the interwebs uh if and you know what an interweb be yeah and if you you know can get on the interweb uh for instance uh you can find us at utterbspodcast.com yeah (laughs) our website that's a great place to start submit topics there you can find us on the facebook's uh just look up utter bullshit podcast and you'll find us uh and you can submit them via twitter uh with hashtag utter bs podcast uh and we will uh put them in the old computer we will we will um in fact uh origin of the tuba came from an anonymous source on our website yeah we don't know who sent it they chose to leave their uh uh, identity anonymous but we appreciate it and please send us more topics anonymous has been our biggest fan so far now i believe that they're an anon e-moose oh god you're right i apologize digital moose that prefers to remain anonymous well thank you moose Thank you for the topics. Thank you, Anon E. Moose. And yeah, uh, as always, thank you for tuning in. And we will see you next week. Next week. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this recording, please rate and review The Doctors on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you acquire this file. Additional content is available at utterbspodcast.com and social media. Use the hashtag utterbspodcast on Twitter to submit more topics for my database, or submit them via our website. I generate three new topics every Monday, so please return next week 
for more utter bullshit 